0: Yes, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Reese, and the music team, worship team, for leading us this morning in worship. Amen. Amen. Yes. We gather in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit is here. It is really good to give gifts uh, budgets notwithstanding, uh, but it is great, you know, uh, to, to give gifts and receive gifts, and uh, of course, gifts say different things, um, for example, if you've you got to be careful about what kind of gifts you give, if you're married and you give your wife a treadmill for Christmas, for example. Or maybe you give your husband a gym membership, something like that. But so we have to be careful. And as we get older, uh, we start, you know, realizing, well, maybe we don't need as many things. Or maybe, you know, um, our friend or family member has a, a limited budget or is on a fixed income. And so we say, it's all right. You don't need to bother. But the thing is, our Creator is not limited in His resources. And He gives. He is a giving God, and He gives. And He gives over and over and over through generation after generation after generation. And what He gives are gifts. But why does He give gifts? Or conversely, we could ask, why do we have certain gifts? Again, as a we'll practice later on this morning, we'll have an opportunity for Q&R, question and response. You can stand where you are. You can text or email. The address is on your screen there. And you can interact later on with what we're discovering and, and discussing here this morning. We're in uh, the middle of our sermon series called Super Powers, and we're in the book of 1 Corinthians. It was a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. In fact, Paul had planted this church in Corinth, It was on his second trip in that region after he had been to Athens, um, and he went to Corinth and he planted this church. Could you imagine, though, a church that is uh, racked with divisions, as one commentator put it? Uh, They were in a major urban center. Of course, this doesn't look like it anymore. Um, That could be um, uh, Nose Hill, but it's not. That's uh, in, in Corinth itself, a picture that Kimberly and I took. But they, had, they were in an urban center. They had a very diverse population and in the region as well. And they had all of these uh, temples as well. Uh, the temple of, of Aphrodite, the goddess of love. They actually had cult prostitutes. In fact, there was a phrase, a Corinthian girl. And then there was the, uh, another temple of Asclepius which was uh, the the Greek goddess of healing. And then there was also a site for Iset, uh, Egyptian goddess, which was the equivalent of the Greek uh, god uh, Poseidon. So all of that was in this area in and around Corinth. And then people there also had um, these uh, major ideals that they grew up with. One of their prominent ideals was individualism. Each person onto their own. Another ideal for them was freedom. And they defined freedom different ways. But basically it meant you can do whatever you want. And then also they adhered to uh, what we would call secular standards of leadership and organization. So all of this was now... Uh, shaping and influencing people that were now coming to 1st Church Corinth. And so you could imagine that what they were, the the milieu, the context was sort of a religious context. And so they were mashing up this with what they understood Christianity to be. And it was developing what could also be called a form of a religion. And in their experience of religion, that meant either doing things to try and please or appease a god, or religion meant things to please yourself. And so then, when they were coming to church, it was, while really just tweaking on those kinds of things, but carrying on the rest of your life the way you wanted. We, too, here in Calgary, are shaped by our context. We're shaped by the way we go about our day as well. Uh, We have people that are engineers, they're in the education field, they're in the medical field, the healthcare field, uh, etc. And that shapes and influences who we are and how we behave and how we conduct ourselves. And it also comes into how we are as a church, a congregation. So we have constitutions, we have org charts, we have processes, We do these kinds of things that are familiar with what we would call perhaps a secular standard of uh, leadership and organization. But is it right that we depend on that? That that is our actual first priority when it comes to matters of the church? There are people that you and I know, and many of us here this morning and on live stream are thirsty and hungry for spiritual life, spiritual replenishment, spiritual fulfillment. Some of those people come to church and find it. Some of those people come to church and don't find it. And as we have been discussing over the last few Sundays, uh, the statistics bear out that many people have just essentially either stopped coming or don't go to church at all because they're not finding it. And there is a penchant in church history over the last number of decades, and it is for us a penchant possible as well today, and that is something that I would call uh, retail spirituality. And that is that churches with this understanding of this desire for spiritual hunger and depth and replenishment, that churches with our, our uh, business acumen and our prowess for leadership and organization, we, we develop what is a, a retail spirituality, which is we appeal to individualism and consumerism as a way to reach people with the gospel and the good news. Melinda... Lindquist Denton and Christian Smith wrote a book uh, some time ago called Soul Searching, and they did a massive study among teenagers. Their study was in the U.S., but uh, there's a lot of overlap with Canada as well. And what teenagers basically came to the conclusion that Christianity is really, uh, and and, uh, Melissa and uh, Christian developed this uh, phrase, uh, moralistic therapeutic deism which is that teens basically view Christianity as, it it can be boiled down to, well, it's just moral living. Live a good moral life and you'll be happy and do well. Or that Christianity and God is really about uh, uh, therapy for you. That's what they have come to the conclusion that Christianity is about. And yet what we hear and what we know is that our Creator is a giving creator who gives gifts over and over and over. He bestows gifts on each and every disciple and follower of Jesus Christ, from the youngest to the oldest. Why does he do that? Why does he give gifts? Why do we have these gifts? Well, what's one thing for us to know about this variety pack of spiritual gifts? If you would turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12. What's important to know about this variety pack of spiritual gifts? 1 Corinthians 12, verse uh, 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts But the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. It is the one and only Trinitarian God who gives this variety of gifts. It is this one and only God, this Trinitarian God. And you hear this language here, and we use the phrase Trinity. Trinity is actually not a word that you would find in the Bible itself, in Scripture. It is a real vital part of our belief system and understanding of God in what we would call three persons. We use that that word person as a way to try and reach an understanding of what God is like. But you can hear it here when the writer Paul says the spirit, pneuma, Lord, Kyrios, God, Theos. And the Holy Spirit here already, again, developed... uh, After hearing from Scripture and disciples and so on, Paul describes the Holy Spirit as a living being. That's what we call a person, if you will. Someone who has a will and actions and feelings. That's the Holy Spirit. And so, to put it clearly... This variety of spiritual gifts, there are many gifts, but one giver. In fact, the diversity of the gifts is a revelation, a disclosure of the nature of our Creator, that He is able to do all of this bestowing of gifts in these varieties. But what kind of gifts? What are we talking about? Well, let's continue. What kind of gifts? Verse 8, to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. In that uh, spiritual gift study guide, you will see actually a brief description of these uh, uh, spiritual gifts that are listed here, but if we were summarizing, we could say by looking at this that there are a range of spiritual gifts. There are potent gifts, practical and profound. Everything from, from wisdom to healing to prophecy is listed here. It's amazing the variety. And in Scripture, Paul writes and, and Peter writes in different uh, books in the New Testament, there are other lists of spiritual gifts. And there are other orders of, on that list. And you'll see that in that spiritual guide study guide as well. That there are other lists and there are different orders and there are other combinations. And so it isn't a human priority. For example, music from the Old Testament on, this idea that music was included, singers, musicians, even people that crafted and made things. So what we can uh, understand by reading this, but also in the context of other Scripture, is that this is not a comprehensive list. It is not intended to be a comprehensive list, but these are spiritual gifts at least at a minimum. And how are they distributed? How 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 are we receiving and, and, and getting these variety of spiritual gifts? Well, that we see in verse eleven, all these are activated by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. The Holy Spirit chooses. The Holy Spirit chooses and decides and gives. One Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is not neutral here. So Jesus is the head of the church and we gather in Jesus' name, but the Holy Spirit is also active and, and decidedly not neutral. The Holy Spirit is choosing individuals and choosing gifts for specific individuals and choosing the church. And choosing people and gifts and putting all of that together. The Holy Spirit has chosen a gift for every follower of Jesus Christ. It has been hand-picked for you. This word gift is uh, charisma which is really, the root of it is charis, which is the Greek word for grace. So it is like God's grace that He gives you this grace. I love the language of this. We say charisma. Every follower of Jesus has charisma. Even the quiet and stoic ones. Because of the work of the Holy Spirit. But that still leaves us with why. Why does He give these gifts? Why do we have these gifts? And there it is in verse 7, right in the middle of all of it. To each is given the manifestation, the making of, the revelation of, the making clear of, the, the revelation of the Spirit. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. the Holy Spirit has chosen a gift for you and it's for uh, everybody else. It's for the good of the congregation. The phrase common good here, but that's anything but common in a context of individualism and freedom and all of that, that the spiritual gift that has been chosen and bestowed on you, allotted to you, maybe more than one, is for other people. It's like re-gifting. You've been gifted in order to be a gift for the rest of the congregation. It's like holy re-gifting. Do you see what I'm saying? You've been the Holy Spirit has chosen. He's uh, the Holy Spirit says, I have this gift or these gifts, and I give them to you. I allot them to you so that you will be a gift to the congregation. Because the Lord is particularly interested in the congregation, in the health and well being of the body of believers, because the congregation has a ministry. The ministry of the community. This community, this congregation of Westview, we have a ministry. And He wants us to be fit and able and active. That word active is interesting to me. It's like we have this gift That he has given us. I like Diet Coke. (laughs) I drink Diet Coke. Uh, I did. uh, One of my friends is a medical doctor. And I was telling him. You know about some sleep challenges. That I was having. And he said. Well maybe you should switch to caffeine free Diet Coke. And I tried it. But after a little while, I figured caffeine free, Diet Coke, I'm like, why do I even bother? (laughs) It's fantastic. So if you think of either each of us individually or as a congregation, individuals are a gift and we as a congregation are a gift, fit and able and active. not very active. Incidentally, that Greek word active is energeo. It's where we get the word energy from. Energize. The Holy Spirit energizes. He activates the spiritual gifts in us, and He activates the congregation. He activates, gale us as individuals and us as a congregation. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, with the activation of the Holy Spirit, The Holy Spirit, friends, brothers, and sisters, the Holy Spirit resources his church. The Holy Spirit resources his church and he gives gifts to his church. The difference between a community group and a social gathering and a congregation of followers of Jesus Christ who will be effective in a world that desperately needs good news and the gospel. The difference will be our yielding and seeking the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit as we gather in Jesus' name. And we learn about processes. We learn about techniques. I... I am there with you. I have a list of business designations in engineering and all these different things back in my days before full-time ministry. And we learn about all those things. But those things have a location. And later on when we talk about this workshop that Tyler is going to do, he's going to talk about the... Personality and experience and abilities and how we locate those within relationship to the spiritual gifts. But the spiritual gifts take priority. And when the spiritual gifts take priority, when the Holy Spirit takes priority, we know that that is a guarantee that there will be a coordination and a cooperation and a unity because the priority is the Holy Spirit and not our business acumen or our prowess or our ability to manage a project. That takes second or third or fourth place. In fact, our secret confidence is in the work of the Trinity and the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work within us. That's our secret confidence. And what's so beautiful is that He has chosen, He has chosen individuals, and He has chosen the congregation. Yes, He is absolutely interested in individuals. He leaves the 99 to go and draw, for, bring back the one, but He brings the one to the 99 because He's interested in both you and us, because there is a ministry that this community has that the Lord has intended. And when we yield and allow Him to activate And so we realize our full potential. You will realize your full potential as an individual. Listen to me. Your purpose and your full potential. When you discern and you discover and you employ those spiritual gifts. That our creator almighty has chosen and allotted to you that we don't quench it, that we don't uh, hinder it, that we don't stymie the work of the Holy Spirit, but instead we say, come Holy Spirit, I want to discern, I want to discover, I want to employ, I want to use for the greater good of this ministry that you have intended and planned for us and chosen for us for this time. Some months ago, I went to visit, uh, went with a couple of gentlemen from uh, this congregation. Two other gentlemen from this congregation and the three of us went to visit some congregants. I could tell you stories already because I'm seeing the work of the Holy Spirit in individuals already. But these two gentlemen and I went to visit some congregants and we had an amazing visit. And as we were driving away, I said to these two gents, I said, I see Christ in you. I I just saw him in you—the way you conducted yourself, the posture that you had—it was amazing. I was sitting there; I was just blown away. The presence of the Lord—I saw the presence of God in these gentlemen as they were in this home, and we were communicating with these congregants. I want to pause for some Q and R, and then we will finish up here. If you have a question online, or here. Uh, you can send those to ask at Westview Church, or you can stand where you are and ask your question. We'll bring a microphone to you. Tyler will bring a mic to you, and, and we'll have your question. Does someone have something they want to ask?
1: you going to finish the rest of that?
0: <laughs> no. Okay, I don't just... think so. I like DC, but not that much.
1: <laughs> yeah, one great question to begin, and then again, if there are others here. But Maybe paint a picture for how will the church be a more effective church if we all understand and live out our spiritual gifts?
0: Yeah, how will we be a more effective church if we're living out? So the the first sort of thing, the, the, the premise behind spiritual gifts is they are for the benefit of others. And so spiritual gifts turn our focus away from ourselves and turn our focus toward other people. And that is a significant, huge rotation already. And the ability to discern what are those spiritual gifts? And to employ these things that are more than just human uh, constructs. We had a few in this list of prophecy, utterance of wisdom. They are beyond human abilities. That's why we title this superpowers. So it becomes much more dynamic, much more effective, and the congregation then becomes a witness to people who come either on Sunday morning or during the week. So that's a start at least. Yeah, yeah that's good.
1: And, and I think you'll elaborate on that in the next few weeks. And so that's what's yeah. exciting about this series. And and perhaps me share a little bit more about just the inventory, this questionnaire, and, and yeah. kind of what can we expect. You might be working a lot on that. And yeah. and I mean questionnaires are, are good. But, I mean, right.
0: Yeah, and so maybe that's what I'll do. And, and uh, considering the time, maybe I'll jump to that. Uh, do you have some others? Yeah, let's, let's,
1: let's go here, because I know okay. you're going to answer that one, I think. But help us understand even a bit maybe the relationship between spiritual gifts and fruit of the Spirit. Because I think okay. sometimes those can get kind of confused or, or jumbled together. Sure.
0: So that's a really good question. The difference between spiritual gifts and fruit of the Spirit. So again, fruit of the Spirit would be, um, you could consider them like virtues or attributes. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So those are about character. They're they're like attributes or virtues that are, again, reflected uh, from the Holy Spirit. So that's what the Lord is like, God is like. The gifts, the spiritual gifts are, again, We, I, I use this phrase superpowers, but they are abilities or things that you are able to do because the Holy Spirit is enabling you to do these kinds of activities, these kinds of functions, these kinds of, uh, of, of works. Awesome. Yeah.
1: And I think those are not unique to all. We all have those spiritual, fruit, for the Spirit, sorry, that we all have the capacity to live those out, whereas the... Spiritual gifts are more unique to each one of us. Oh, and
0: that's a really another good point, is that we are all meant to work and grow the fruit of the Spirit when it comes to spiritual gifts. Those are individually allotted by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, great, that's great good. point. Yeah, yeah thanks, Gary. Well, thank you. You know, music team, why don't you come up, avoid the, the Diet Coke. So you will have received uh, what we call a spiritual gifts study guide. And it'll en- enable you. We have hard copies. We also have them available on our website. But we're hoping, in a very practical way, like we're, we're really serious, that we desire that Westview, as we come out of this pandemic, and as we heal through the trauma of that, and as we look ahead and look forward to the the growth and development of Westview and what the Lord has intended for us, we want to be a church that is gift-based, that has a priority on the headship of Jesus Christ and an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That is where our confidence is. And so we desire that you will take this spiritual gift study guide that uh, the various groups, youth and young adults and SAGE and so on, will use this in your personal uh, studies, community groups, to investigate and learn and study this, whether we have a high degree of participation. And then you'll see also this questionnaire. uh, It's available on our website as well, electronically. And it's a way for you to take this quiz in order to begin to discern what are some of your most prominent uh, spiritual gifts. And it'll be wonderful for us when you do that, to share that with other people, but also that you share that with the office. Because in a practical way, when we are looking at other positions within ministries, we want to match people with your spiritual gifts so that we understand the spiritual gifts that people have and we match them with the different ministries and maybe with different aspects that you come forward with. And so that's something we need to know. And then you will also be uh, delighted to know that uh, Hanukkah, our pastor of child and family ministry, Westview Kids, starting this morning and for a series of weeks, is also going to be studying this uh, aspect of spiritual gifts. Uh, from a, a, a child uh, perspective, so age-appropriate perspective, Hanukkah has material both for the K-4 to four and the 5s and 6s. And so over the coming weeks, starting this morning, they will be going through that as well. And then Tyler is going to be facilitating a workshop called SHAPE. That will be later on in November. SHAPE stands for Spiritual Gifts, Heart, or you could say Passion, Abilities, Personality, And experience. So we have all of that. You have these things. But we have these spiritual gifts. And so how does all of that work together? Tyler's going to lead a couple of workshops to walk us through that. So that we are wholly dependent and desirous of the work of the Holy Spirit. And that you discern and discover the superpowers that He has chosen for you.